0: This episode of Dear Anxiety is brought to you by the Better Sleep for Kids Summit. Here, 18 sleep experts share tools to help kids quiet their racing thoughts, choose sleep over screen time, and calm their nighttime fears and anxieties. Better sleep for them means better sleep for you. For a limited time, register for free at bettersleepforkids.com. Well, we're gonna start at the beginning and see where that takes us. I'm Ed Krasnick, my partner, Renee Jane, coming along in just a moment. You are listening to Dear Anxiety, the show about how we relate to our thoughts and feelings. I'm not breathing right now. Welcome everybody. We have a big show for you today, although maybe a fast show too. We're gonna talk about the symptoms that come from anxiety, physical symptoms. The physical anxiety issue, and we know everybody who's experienced anxieties has experienced, you know, physical manifestations. So let's let's get to it, really, right away here. Now, my partner studies these kinds of things, well-being an expert in resilience, anxiety relief, how to stress better, has a great company called GoZen.com. The address is GoZen.com. The company is called GoZen and teaches these kinds of skills to people all over the world through animation and creative play. Rini, it's a fast one today, but how, how is your physical anxiety going? (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, my heart's actually beating fast today. It's so strange. I just put my fingers on my, you know, my neck where you do the pulse, mm-hmm. and my very scientific method. I'm like, I think my heart rate's up a little bit. Wow. So that means I'm excited for this podcast. See what she
0: did? She takes the excitement and she says, oh no, it's not dangerous. Uh, My body's actually just preparing me for something. And, you know, I should say, we're recording this from California. It's the fire capital of the world right now. We're on fire and we're not talking about our careers necessarily. (laughs)
1: So we are laughing because Ed and I have both been nearly evacuated. I've been evacuated a couple of times in the last couple of years, and we just recently had a pretty big scare. So before we started recording, I was telling Ed that I'm literally going to bed at night with these little kits in every single room of our house that has a fire extinguisher Extra shoes to pop on a fire blanket. I didn't even know these existed. Wow. If you're using the fire blanket, you're in trouble. You're basically.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're drop, stopping, and rolling at that point, I think.
1: Yes. I'm laughing, of course, in, you know, uh, (laughs) out of my anxiety. This is one of the physical things that happens to me. So I begin to use humor as a coping technique. But in any case, yes. So it's been causing a lot of anxious feelings. I've been sleeping with. One eye open, literally, because I never know if I'm going to get the, the blaring noise on my phone that says, get up and get out. You know,
0: Rini is sleeping like a pirate or maybe a fire, fire, but I, you know, it is the world is, you know, there's a lot of things that can certainly make us anxious, including ourselves and that can come out physically. So we wanted to talk about that today. Today, it's, it's symptoms a go-go.
1: Yes, symptoms a go-go. So what happens when we're anxious? So many of you know that anxiety has been honed by evolution for, you know, millions of years, and it is a protection mechanism. So, my anxiety was putting me on high alert and making me vigilant because there is a fire near my home and I might need that burst of energy to get out. So, but what happens is there is a very similar signature for many of us when we're anxious. So, blushing happens, right? The dilation of blood vessels, we sweat because of raised body temperature and our body trying to cool itself. We might have shortness of breath, which is explained by our muscles needing more oxygen and water. Our hands and feet get colds. Because there is a diversion of blood to our big muscles. So the fight, flight, or freeze response requires all of these different things to happen. We might even shake, right? So if you've been really anxious before and your hands are shaking or a different part of your body is shaking, that might just be a physical symptom of anxiety. Now, Ed, in the time since we recorded our last podcast, you did not get a medical degree, correct? Correct. I'm working on it. (laughs) <laughs> we are not MDs, of course. If you're experiencing any of this stuff or your children are, please go to your doctor first. But if you are, if you are in the know that what you're experiencing is from anxiety, then please listen on. So, you know, we can have all of these things happen to our body and it literally is the fear response in us. But the fear response can be scary, especially when we have something called interoceptive awareness. Why do they make up these big fancy pants words? I love it. So this basically means that you are aware of your internal state. You're aware of your own bodily sensations, of your inner world. And those with anxiety, even kids and sometimes especially kids, are more interoceptively aware they are more aware of what's going on inside of them, more attuned to what is happening, right? That trembling, that sweating, that blushing, that tearing up, all of that stuff. And so that can create fear depending on our understanding of what's going on inside of us. Yeah. And of course, of course, we you know, it's often
0: difficult to listen to yourself, You know, you have to stop what you're doing sometimes. Sometimes you have to take a break. You have to take a pause. And a lot of mental health techniques or well-being techniques that we've taught on the show have to do with stopping and paying attention. And then there's something simple that you can do about it.
1: This is an incredibly important point. Stopping to be aware of what's going on. Now, it might be confusing because we just said, well, you are, if you're anxious, you already are very aware of what's going on. Yes, and that is true. But the goal in this awareness is not to quash what's happening, the goal is to be non judgmental and to change the relationship with what's going on inside your body. Because a lot of times what we're doing with our kids when their heart starts racing and they start sweating and they start saying, oh, I can't do this. I can't go to school. I can't give that speech. I can't sit on the bus. I can't do it. I just want to avoid is, you know, and we can see the physical symptoms of anxiety. We're trying to get rid of them because not only are we scared of our own symptoms, we get scared when we see them on someone else that we love. So we say, take deep breaths and relax and it's going to be okay. And, you know, uh, uh, just let's do something so that we can get rid of it. The goal here is not to get rid of it, right? The goal is to change our relationship with stress, to change our relationship with anxiety. And so one thing that happens that I think is super interesting, Ed, is especially for kids who experience social anxiety is they have something called the illusion of transparency. Can we talk about this for a second?
0: The illusion of transparency, yes. We can talk about uh, any any okay. illusion we're in Hollywood.
1: <laughs> That's right. You've seen a jellyfish before, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. I'm <laughs> I wonder what a jellyfish would look like if it were anxious.
0: <laughs> the anxious jellyfishes were my was my first rock band name. <laughs>
1: Yes. So we would probably be able to see exactly what goes on inside of it because you can see through the jellyfish, right? We are not see-through, but we have this perception called the illusion of transparency that happens to us, especially this is relevant when we're anxious. So what we think is, oh my goodness, you know, everybody can see my internal world. They can hear my heart thumping. They can feel my stomach turning over. They know what's going on because all of this is transparent. And so the anxiety feels like it's on the outside and that everybody knows what's happening. And that makes makes us even more anxious because we believe that we're transparent. So explaining this to kids, explaining to them the illusion of transparency, and you can use the jellyfish example, actually just the explanation of it can help them. So we need to let our kids know, listen, what you're feeling inside, that's inside of you. And of course, it's magnified, but nobody else knows that's going on. So that in and of itself doesn't need to cause an additional layer of anxiousness. Does that make sense?
0: It does. It does. That's what compounds it. Often you you think, not only am I experiencing this, but I have to pretend otherwise.
1: Yes. We think that people see everything that we see and hear what we hear and they can feel what we feel. And speaking of feeling, there's another thing that happens, which is called felt sense. So we think that we are being foolish so that you know, because we feel like we're being awkward, let's say, or not acting in a way that we think we should, that we must be because the feeling is there that that must be happening. Right. I I call it the feel likes. So we feel like perhaps we feel like a loser. Right. And then we're looking around and everyone is thinking that we are. We believe that whatever we feel is a fact, essentially. So this is a felt sense. And this is really this becomes really, really difficult when again, we're in a social anxiety situation. So we have a few things going on. One is, is that we have these bodily sensations when we get anxious, right? So things start happening to us. And this is the fear response. It's going off in a time when it shouldn't be going off. So it's not like there is a fire. We were talking about fires earlier, but for a lot of us, most of the time, there isn't an actual imminent fire or danger, right? There's something else going on, like a math test is coming up. Yes. And we're having the fight or flight response. And so we are experiencing these physical symptoms. And then what happens from there is instead of saying, oh, my anxiety's, you know, turned on, the alarm's on, it's a false alarm. Instead of being able to do that, which kids can do once once we teach them that it's not something to fear. But before we are aware of that, we get scared. Oh, something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And then we also feel like, oh, everybody can tell something is wrong with me. So all of this, as you said, compounds the problem.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. So th- there is a belief that there's something wrong. And there's also a belief that you
1: you can't
0: stop it. Like you like, I can't take care of myself now because how can I pause? How can I gather myself? I need a minute. I need a minute is a great mantra, by the way. How, what can we do, Rini? So how, how do people do this in the moment? Let me give you... Okay, so you say a math test is coming or, or let's say I'm in the middle of a party and it feels awkward and it feels like there's something wrong with me because through my eyes, everybody else is fine.
1: Yes. Through your eyes, everyone else is fine. Yeah. But- For you, the way you feel is the way you look. That is what we feel like when we're anxious, and especially in a social situation when we're feeling socially anxious. It's how I feel is how I look right now, and everybody can tell that I'm falling apart inside, and so they can see me from the outside. It's really super interesting that basically our self-perception becomes completely distorted when we're anxious and we have those physical feelings of anxiety we see ourselves in our mind's eye in a way that is not accurate. We see this completely awkward image, and that's what we believe other people see. And it's just not the case. So what can we do? There's been some super interesting research on this. And so one of the pieces of research, what they do is they, and this is going to feel a little bit scary to do, but they ask people to take video or have a friend or a family member take video of you when you are in one of these situations that piques your anxiety. So if you are socially anxious, if that's giving a speech or going up to a group of friends or, you know, even if it's making a phone call to someone, right, and you have a video taken of you, because what you are trying to do is you're trying to debunk this idea that how I feel is how i look to everyone else right so let's say that you're going to a party or you're going to talk to someone and <laughs> this seems a little bit creepy the way i'm going to say it but you know you're my son and you're and you're socially anxious or you're experiencing anxiety in different realms of your life the physical symptoms are giving you a lot of problems because you believe everyone can see these right that you're a jellyfish basically and so i say to you no one can really tell what's happening inside of you right? And it's okay. And so then you probably would say to me, what, if I said that to you?
0: I would argue with you. I'd say, yes, they can.
1: Yeah. So we're going into a little bit of a role play right here, everybody.
0: Quiet on the set. Let's go. It. And action. Yeah. Yes, they can. Yes, they, they can. Of course they can see me. Everybody, and every not only that, but everybody here has a great life. Everybody um... here is great. Look, they're happy. They're They're well, they do great things.
1: Look at me. Yeah, you know what? Can I ask you something? Do you remember what color your bike was when you were when you were little?
0: Yes, red. What
1: what color was it? Red. Okay. Mm. Red. It was actually orange, but okay, it was pretty, that's pretty close. Do you remember uh, before we moved what color we had the color of our door from our old house?
0: It was uh it was white with brown trim.
1: Okay. And that's accurate. Now, how do you how do you do that? You how do you how are you able to tell me the answers to those questions?
0: I I observed it. I, I uh, looked at it and I observed it and it stayed in my memory.
1: Stayed in your memory. But you don't see it right now in front of you, right? No. Okay. So you're playing a little visual in your mind. You have a little snapshot of this in your head. And sometimes we even play movies in our head. But see, you said your bike was red, but it was pretty, pretty clearly orange right? But yeah. in your mind's eye, it was red. Yes, And you gave me the description of the door, but you forgot. The most telling thing about the door, it had a very, very big blue doorknob. Do you remember the huge blue doorknob? I do now. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes our memories get really creative. Okay. And it's hard for us to remember things accurately. And sometimes they're straight up distorted. Hey, and I think one of the things that happens to you is that the way that you see yourself in your mind's eye is not the way that everybody else sees you. But I mean, I don't want you to take my word for it. I really don't. I know this is going to sound strange, but I would like your permission when you go and talk to your teacher later today, and I will get your teacher's permission too. I know that makes you. Kind of nervous, right? Oh, yeah.
0: I don't want to... Listen, I have enough trouble talking to my teacher as it is.
1: Okay. Well, I'm just going to ask you your permission to take your picture at that time. Maybe uh, even some video, if that's okay.
0: Are you going to be nearby? You won't even see me. Okay. If I won't see you, I guess okay.
1: Okay. You won't even know what it is. You won't even see me. I'll do it sometime in the next next day or so.
0: But if I see you, I'm going to pretend I don't know you. <laughs>
1: Thanks. <laughs> no. All right. Well, that hurts my feelings, but that's I'm okay. Sorry. I understand.
0: No, I'll, I'll say that I know you, but I'll say maybe you're a close aunt or a cousin.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. So I'm going to do that. Okay. So uh, let's have some music, Lee. You know, some time has gone by. I want to show you something, Eddie. Oh,
0: yeah. What is it?
1: Remember I said I was going to take video of you? You probably thought I was joking, right?
0: Oh, no. no. You didn't do that. Oh, yeah. I did.
1: And I want you to look at this. So look at this. Look at this image. Okay. It's just a still image. Now, look at this, right? These are, this is you at one time during the day, and this is you at another time during the day. In one of these pictures, you can only see your face, right? Right. In one of these pictures, you're talking to your teacher, and the other picture, you're just hanging out by your locker. Can you tell which picture is which?
0: Not really. I guess they kind of look the same.
1: They kind of look the same. Mm-hmm. Now, let me just, let me make this picture. Let's go zoom out so that you can see. See, this oh, yeah. is the one where you're talking to your teacher. And both images look exactly the same. Oh. There's one time where you're by your locker. And I know you told me when you go to your locker, you're totally relaxed, right? Right. Right. And when you talk to your teacher, you get really nervous. Really nervous. You look exactly the same in these images.
0: So, wait a minute. So even though, okay, you see, I mean, so, but I don't feel the same.
1: You don't feel the same. So now that you can see the full image of this picture, right? Because I'm not hiding it. Why don't you tell me how you feel in this picture? How are you feeling on the inside? In the one where you're talking to your teacher? Terrified. Mm -hmm. I
0: thought I was going to get kicked out, you know, just really jittery and really nervous and really, you know, like I wasn't a good person, like I wasn't a good student, like I was going to get yelled at, like like I was in trouble.
1: Wow. Those are really hard thoughts. They're really hard thoughts, honey. Yeah. And I know we're still dealing with those and we're going to work on those. But the one thing I want you to see is that whatever you were feeling on the inside... That was not apparent at all from the outside. But I know that you get really worried thinking, oh my goodness, what must the other person be thinking?
0: I think about that all the time. Can you tell me something that I can do when I feel that way? Because I feel that way a lot.
1: Yeah, I can. I want you to concentrate on what the other person is saying, right? I want you to do that. And I know that it's hard because then you start to get distracted by what's going on in your own body. But we're gonna practice this. We're gonna practice concentrating on things first for a minute, then for two, then for five, then for 10. And once we practice, when you're talking to your teacher, instead of you thinking about all of those things going on in your inner world, and you can already see nobody can see it, right?
0: Hmm. Nobody
1: can tell. Hmm. But you're really experiencing that inside. Well, you're going to start concentrating on the outside, right? You're going to start concentrating. We're going to practice those concentration exercises. Hmm. Okay. So we're going to slip out of role play so that we can explain a little bit. Okay. The thing that I asked you to do with the video and the snapshot of you, that's actually from a research study. I know it was a little bit awkward when we were doing it, but that's actually from a research study where people are socially anxious and they show them images of themselves and they say, OK, well, what was going on you know, inside of you? And they show they put side by side pictures, one picture where the person is not feeling anxious, where they're feeling relaxed and good, and the other picture where they're feeling really anxious. And a lot of times people cannot tell. Because again, one of the things that happens to us, especially when we're feeling those physical symptoms of anxiety, is we feel like everyone can tell what's going on. And that just makes it much worse to get through, right? It makes us feel like running away and hiding.
0: Yeah, I think in social, yeah, there's a lot of comparison. You're compar- and, all, and you're also comparing yourself to other people.
1: Absolutely. You feel like, oh, well, everyone else has got this covered. Why is this so hard for me? Right. Right. So that can be really, really hard. Mm -hmm. So it is... It's really interesting to be able to do this, right? So if you can't do it with a, with a video that you take of someone, you know, of, of a loved one, of your child, if you can't do it with a picture, you can even do it recording voicemails. Sometimes our kids are scared to talk to people or to call people, right? So you can do it with a phone call where they're, do, you know, making a phone call to someone that makes them kind of nervous and you can take pictures and you can even make up something that they need to do. To show them that nobody can tell, so you can even give them a challenge, saying, Listen, you know uh, let's go into this coffee shop and I want you to go up to that stranger and ask them to borrow a tissue, something that will create some anxiety, even though it's staged. And so that way you can show them, listen, nobody can tell you know that you are experiencing these physical symptoms, and that can really help kids
0: mm, okay. and And we've talked about it in terms of social situations. It, it, what if you're by yourself? Can you? Is there something that you can do? Is, is it, is it a, a similar thing? Can you focus on something else? Or what, what's the tool for that?
1: If you're by yourself and you're experiencing the physical symptoms of anxiety, and again, you know, it's just anxiety, then do you see how I say that so nonchalantly? It's just anxiety. I want you guys to remember if you're listening to this, some of you know my story, others may be new to it. But I experienced panic attacks in my 20s that brought me to my knees and took me to the hospital. I thought I was having heart attacks. And so I'm not saying this because I don't think it's a big deal. I'm saying it because anxiety tricks us into thinking it's a big deal. And our job is to say, hey, yeah, my heart's racing. Well, that's uncomfortable, but I'm going to get through this. It's uncomfortable, but it's not dangerous. I understand that anxiety is turning on for the wrong reason right now, or anxiety is trying to tell me something, or anxiety is even trying to help me through something. We talked about at the beginning of this podcast episode that my heart was racing a little bit, which is unusual. It usually doesn't when to get onto this episode, but maybe it was racing because I am excited, right? Or maybe I am a little nervous, but I am transferring that into excitement by saying I am excited. But the main idea and the answer to your question is is that we walk straight through it and we don't run away from it. And we don't fear it because it actually isn't to be feared because anxiety and panic attacks have never killed anyone, right? And that we can fact check. If you, It feels really bad, but it's not dangerous.
0: Hmm. That is interesting how you, how you relate to it and that you acknowledge that this is what's going on
1: and, the, and that you check
0: in. Oh, it's just anxiety. Oh, I feel it here. I feel it there. False alarm okay, okay, I know it, you know, it is uncomfortable, but it's not dangerous. Even just saying those things, even saying any part of that can change your perspective and can change the way you view what's outside of you. Now, if you're at a party and everybody looks great, but you think you don't, look again, but look inside first.
1: That's right. So we are talking about the physical symptoms of anxiety and how they can be scary and how we can often think that when we're in situations with other people, they're able to see what's going on inside of us, our inner world. But really, this is one of the very interesting things to me about working with kids is that they get this so quickly. Once you change your relationship with what's going on inside your body, it's amazing how it changes for other emotions as well. Because I think we've been taught for so many years to just quash and get rid of everything. But what we're talking about, about having a different relationship with anxiety, you can replace anxiety with any emotion. Change your relationship with negative thoughts change your relationship with anger, change your relationship with any emotion that you're experiencing. So the goal is not to quash it and run away from it and pretend that it's not there. It's to listen to its messaging. Because every emotion is sending us a message. And so all of this work, you know, whether you're kids or you as a parent or an educator or just a human that's listening are doing the work on yourself and it's trickling down to the other people in your life. If you're doing the work when it comes to anxiety, you're doing the work of all emotions. And it's amazing.
0: What you tell yourself matters, of course. And on that level, if you're, you know, if, you, if when you're not in distress, or maybe even when you are. You can say the words, I'm enough. You can say I'm okay. You can say I'm safe. These kinds of things will stick if you say them to yourself. And and so, and so that's that can be part of this whole pro this whole package, the things that you practice, you know. Practice saying that to yourself. Practice anytime. Think it, you know. We're having the same thoughts over and over again. Let's change, let's also add some new ones.
1: And you don't even have to practice when you're in a situation that is provoking anxiety. You can practice by think about the physical symptoms that you have in a real, authentic, anxious situation for yourself and then recreate those. So I'm one where my heart races. That's something that happens to me. So if you experience the same thing, if you want to practice these things, you can go for a run and raise your heart rate. And then practice. Assume that you are in the situation. You can run up and down the stairs and make yourself sweat if you are a person that sweats when you're anxious. And then you can practice these techniques that we're talking about. So create the situations. You know, we were talking about staging situations. Absolutely stage them because this just requires practice. All of these techniques require practice and we don't have to wait to practice.
0: Practice with your life.
1: Create the conditions. If someone asks you what you're doing, you say, hey, I'm practicing anxiety. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, in the meantime, I'm running. Yeah. In the meantime, I, or you, I'm in the gym. Whatever you do that can, that, can, that can cause that. So the line between being excited and being anxious is not, uh, is not a big line sometimes.
1: No, these are very physiologically close things, excitement and anxiety. So you can pretty easily jump from one to the other
0: hmm Absolutely. And, and the other thing is, how am I doing? You know, how do I feel? You check in with yourself during the day. You know, how's it going? How am I doing? How am I feeling? It brings it all, you know, anything that you can do to be conscious is, is a mark, is, is helping your health. It's helping your life. It's helping how you relate to yourself and to others. This is, this is the work of this century in this time in history. Sorry for sounding like Winston Churchill.
1: You do. It's amazing. That's okay. Never, ever, ever, ever give up Winston Churchill. I love that quote. One of the things that we talk about a lot in the show is talking to yourself and you hear it from us in the techniques a lot. And it is super, super important when you are feeling, you know, the, the sweating palms and the dry throat and the racing heart and the shortness of breath. You need to talk to yourself. They did this super interesting study. I don't have the citation right now, but about using your own name in the third person And that can be beneficial to getting your attention and actually efficacy of an intervention. It's really strange. Have you ever seen that episode of Seinfeld when George talks about himself in the third person? Yes. (laughs) Yes, it's like that. George is going to be okay. So I recommend that you talk to yourself in the third person and you use your own name. Rini, you are going to get through this. Your heart is racing right now. It's just a false alarm or your heart is racing because your anxiety wants to help motivate you and get you through this podcast or whatever sentences that you create for yourself, Rini, you're safe. This is uncomfortable, but you're going to get through this. Please talk to yourself. Be the person on the street that everybody looks at because you're talking to yourself. That's what we want.
0: And you can blame us when people uh, give you a strange look. if Totally. Give them the
1: iTunes link, please. (laughs)
0: Maybe we'll teach them to talk to themselves. And then the world will be having conversations with themselves. Not a bad thing to do, because then you can actually come back and be present for whatever's going on. And these feelings are just feelings. They're not, they don't become facts in your mind. They're really feelings. That's all they are. Messages, feelings. Mm
1: -hmm. And they are not your masters right that's
0: right that's right And, and and so this is so we're we're you know we try to give you things that you can use and and hope that you have picked up a couple things along the way in this episode of dear anxiety we want you to keep coming back we want you to write us and talk to us talk to yourself but then take a break to talk to us too we're trying to build a community here we are building a community we get great comments and great reviews from so many people and thank you for listening and you can listen to us on itunes that you can you find us anywhere you just put in dear anxiety podcast but you can also go to bit.ly bit.ly forward slash dear anxiety to access the podcast immediately
1: Absolutely. And please come to GoZen.com and sign up on the homepage for our newsletter. So if you go to show me the video, you will be signed up. And I'm only saying that. So this is a sign up where we send you emails because Ed and I are soon going to be sending you out some freebies and some printables that go along with this podcast. We're super excited about that, but you will only get them if you are on our email list. Good.
0: Absolutely. And if you want to send in a comment, I'm going to leave it to you, Rini.
1: If you want to send in a comment, there's two ways to do it. You can just email us at go at gozen.com or you can go to gozen.com forward slash Dear Anxiety and there's a form. You can fill it out and hit submit and it'll come to us.
0: Let's talk to ourselves and to each other. I want to thank you for listening. Keep coming back at Works If You Work It. I'm Ed Krasnick.
1: I'm Rini Jane. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.